Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Here for the Right Reasons. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and I want to remind you all to listen on Spotify and please leave a five-star review on iTunes. Today's episode is super special. We caught up with former bachelor Colton Underwood, who is not only recovering from coronavirus, but has a new book out. And Us Weekly Senior Entertainment Editor Emily Longaretta joined me for the fun interview. Hi, Emily. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Of course. So Colton's new book, The First Time, is now available. And it gives fans insight into Colton's journey on the show and even before and after. What was your favorite part of the book? Because we both read it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there was a lot of exciting kind of behind the scenes stuff of Bachelor. You and I obviously have been watching the show for a long time. And I feel like it kind of shed light on some of the things that we never saw on the show. So how much the producers are involved and things like that. So I think those were like my favorite nuggets. I agree. I think there's actually a lot like in between the lines. Like he didn't come out and say like a lot of crazy, like, oh, the producers totally ruined this moment or whatever, but he kind of like laid it, the groundwork down. And you can be like, like he hints a lot that he wanted to keep seeing Cassie, but kept getting put on dates with other people and things like that. (laughs) I, I think there was a lot that you learn about him and about the show just from reading the book. Totally. And I like, I like that he was completely open about this. I think that he was like, so, I don't know. I feel like it didn't seem like he was holding back in a lot of memoirs. Like you can tell that they want to go further, but they don't. And it didn't seem like that with his. Yeah. It's also a really easy read for anyone who's at home. Like we all are right now. Um, if you are Mm -hmm. missing bachelor and want a little bit of bachelor in your life, I recommend reading it. There's like the chapters are pretty small. Like there's a lot of chapters and they're short. So if there's a certain thing you're interested in, you can like skip around if you want to. I also loved how much he wrote about his life before the show. I actually like always kind of un- didn't really understand his like football career. <laughs> like, right. I think that we, a lot of people were questioning like, was he in the NFL? Was he not in the NFL? So I think that kind of clears up all that. <laughs> yeah, it clears up all that. It gives you some insight into his family life and how that kind of affected him. Um, he's super candid about his sexuality and like the different phases. He like not phases necessarily, but steps of life he went through to try to figure out what he wanted and with who. Yeah, I think it was very interesting. Like kind of, he kind of like explained why he also has like kept his virginity for so long. Yes. And I think that that was pretty interesting. The virginity theme is there. I mean, it's called the first time. (laughs) You have to read it to, you know, make your own conclusions. But um, it's definitely a big theme, especially in the beginning of the book about kind of how he got to where he was as a 26 year old, almost 
you know, made it in the NFL, was on a few practice squads, ended up on The Bachelor, and like kind of how we got to know Colton is who he was. It's good like background info. Totally. And I think that we can't even talk about the book also without talking about Ellie Raisman because he was in a relationship with her before Bachelor, which we knew when he joined Bachelorette, but he never spoke about it on the show. And he kind of explains that like it was off limits. And he goes into depth about like how they started dating, how they ended their relationship, everything in between the Larry Nassar of it all, like how emotional it was. So I think that that from a fan's point of view that like I wanted to get to know Colton more, that was something that I was pretty like excited to just hear about from like what actually happened. A hundred percent in the book and in our interview, which I'm going to play in a few minutes, um, you really learn a lot about Allie and, you know, the, the trying to be delicate of maintaining, of telling his side of the story, but also obviously she's been through so much and his kind of role in that. And like you said, we didn't see that on the show, which I think makes sense, but this is a bit of a better platform for him to be able to kind of finally talk about how that relationship shaped him and got him ready for the show. I also think it's interesting. And I, I don't think we've touched on this on the interview that he didn't, you know, when the, on the show, he didn't like kind of talk about her at all because, you know, out of her respect for her own privacy and everything that she had gone through. But he did like in the book talk about it a lot and felt more comfortable talking about it in the book like now without getting permission necessarily. So I thought it was interesting the timing maybe just kind of to show that you know a lot of time has passed and this was clearly just like his side of the story. Yeah, and it's not like he gets into like crazy details which would be weird because no. um, it's not, you know, all all his side or his whole story to tell, but he definitely talks to us about that and tells us who he did and didn't reach out to about the book. Um, so before we get to Colton's interview, I just want to briefly touch on some big Bachelor news that has gone on in the last couple of days. Ben Higgins, pop the question. I am so excited. Ben Higgins is, as you know, one of my favorite Bachelors of all time. So I'm thrilled about it. Yeah, I think we knew this was coming. He's been seeing this girl publicly for over a year, but even longer before then, it was just kind of like under wraps. They met over Instagram DM, which is just the modern day love story. <laughs> That's just the way to meet people, especially in Bachelor Nation, I guess. Like you get, you get a bachelor, a DM. I don't know who DM to, but I think he slid into her DMs like freaking Ben, ba- bachelor Ben. Now she has like a huge, like 2.5 carat ring. That's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Right. And like they were quarantined together with his parents, but like drove on like last week to see her family so that her family could be there also during the proposal. Yeah. I mean, I think it's clear he's a good guy. They are a good match. He's definitely young, but you know, to each their own. <laughs> Hey, you know what? When you're when you know, you know, as they say. He may totally. have already known once, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously everyone, if you if you don't remember, Ben was the bachelor for season 20. He got engaged to Lauren Bushnell. They were together for over a year, um, one of the longer ones that didn't end up working out. And I think people I mean were they surprised. did their own reality show. I know. Ben and Lauren happily ever after question mark. And the, the question <laughs> we mark. We should have known by the question mark. We should have known. The question has been answered and they're getting their own happily ever after. It's just not together, and that's fine. Exactly. She, She's married to Chris Lane, the country singer, who's, you know, great. And they are quarantining <laughs> together and they seem to be loving life. So I think all's well that ends well. Um, but he totally. was a big one. I think people were waiting for to settle down. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about when the wedding eventually happens. I assume it's going to be a very long time from now, seeing as how the state of the world we're in right now. But I'm just excited because I love that she's not a celebrity. So like, we're going to see like, and it's actually going to be a real wedding, you know? Yeah, I think it'll be beautiful. She's, she's super cute. He, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be great. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of bachelor people there. There's Ben is still very much in that circle with his podcast and just, you know, once you're, once a bachelor, always a bachelor. Totally. 
And then on a sadder note, I just want to send love to Michelle Money, who was on The Bachelor, Brad Womack season on Bachelor Pad, on Bachelor in Paradise. She's been around for a while. Um, And her daughter, her 15-year-old daughter, Brielle, who viewers would probably remember, um, was in a skateboarding accident and is in the hospital. And as of Monday on life support, and Michelle is asking for prayers from The Bachelor. So that is just horrifying. It's like we, you know, I think it's also, it puts a lot into perspective that we're all going through a tough time with all of this, but things could definitely be worse. So sending all the best to her family. Yes, 100%. She, you know, everybody always remembered Michelle as being very open and honest and blunt. And mm-hmm. I think it shows a lot. She shared a picture from, from her situation. It's, it's all really sad. So we're just hoping the best for Michelle. And for all of you, I hope everyone is staying safe. This is a crazy time, but we're here to hopefully lighten the mood, provide a little entertainment. So without further ado, let's listen to our chat with Colton and everyone be sure to pick up his book the first time. How are you? I'm doing better. I'm still in isolation and quarantine, but I'm, uh, I have my lungs back at least. So I'm very grateful. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Seriously. I know it's not an easy time. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Thank you guys for having me on. Um, well, first we just read your piece for Cosmo. That was so insightful. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I hope if it could help anybody. I know I didn't list the medications on there, but they were the ones that the president recommended and for legal purposes, I can't put them in writing, but they worked for me. So that's all I want to say. Mm-hmm. Why did you want to like kind of do a journaling kind of thing like that? Like, were you hesitant to release all of that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that I wasn't hesitant from the very beginning of being diagnosed. I mean, there was a part of me at, midway through that I sort of felt dirty and I felt like people were like looking at me as like this zoo animal. But I feel like a lot of people are going to go through this and I want to at least shed some light on how it is and you can take my experience for what it is because it hits everybody else so differently and different things work for different people. There's different symptoms and all of it, but I wanted to let young people know that this thing can get you too. It can knock you on your ass and it doesn't matter how much you think you're prepared for it. It's real and it hurts. So. Oh my God. Well, how has quarantine been at Cassie's house? It's been good. They've been so supportive. Everybody here. I mean, Cassie's mom's been like my little nurse and um, Cassie's been helping keep me company every once in a while. They all wear their masks and their gloves when they come up to drop food off and hang out or say hi real quick. But she also has a portion of like a little deck area on the third story. That's super helpful for me to be able to still see the sunlight and get out. Yeah. You get a little bit of fresh air. That's nice. Yeah. uh, It's been, uh, it's been a lifesaver. We've been seeing on Instagram, she's been cooking for you, which is nice. (laughs) Yeah. So her and her dad, um, she's been, she made this little avocado peanut butter toast combo. That was a killer uh, yesterday. (laughs) So can't wait to see what she makes. Avocado and peanut butter? Yeah. She, we were running low on bread. So she decided to make a little halvesy. (laughs) Wow. Love that. Yeah. You just got to make sure you got to finish one side before moving on to the next because it's a weird combo. Got it. Did you have the taste that you didn't taste anything? Did you have that symptom? I did. Taste and smell went away for like two days. Um, But at the time, I was just focusing on recovering that it didn't really matter. Totally. Well, we're glad you're feeling better. We read your book last night, cover to cover. We both read it in like, I don't know, a few hours. Yeah, cover to cover. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, I wanted to start off. Did you give anybody like any? Obviously, you talk about a lot of different people in the book. Did you give everyone kind of like a heads up that you mentioned? For the most part, there is a few people that I still haven't really talked to in a long time. I felt like I've been very respectful of how I've handled a lot of that situation. So 
hopefully she's doing well and she doesn't take offense to anything I put in there. I mean, just jumping right into it, you were really like honest about your relationship and some of her experiences and you refrained from talking about it for a long time, which I think makes sense because yeah. it's like her story. Was it hard for you to like make the decision to like write about it? And like, how was that process for you? Yeah, I think I came to the conclusion that I was okay to talk about it as long as it was from my point of view and it was my story. Um, I didn't really want to get too much into any anything for her. And um, yeah, I'm glad that ABC and um, Bachelor was okay with keeping her off limits during only the Bachelorette in Paradise, but in um, my season as well, because you know she's such an incredible inspiration to so many people, and she's in many girls and many people's opinions, a hero. And I can't, you know, thank her and support her enough for what she's doing right now for everyone out there and being the strong voice and leader that she is. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. And it, the timing of it all, because obviously this is something she was going through for a long time, but just with Larry Nasser and the trial and everything, like it really was coinciding a lot with when you were all over TV. So that must've just, right. it's like an interesting yeah, and the last thing I wanted to do was be some bimbo that went on a reality TV show that took away from, you know, someone right. who's being so impactful. And I wanted to be conscious of that. And hopefully I didn't take anything away from anybody. No, definitely not. Did you, um, do you feel like it kind of helped you that relationship though, like kind of be ready for the spotlight just because you did do some red carpets and you did do, you know, some appearances in that form beforehand? Yeah, I think I think it helped me understand the pressures that come with the relationship and being in the public eye. And I don't know, I think it honestly prepared me more for just being a re in a relationship. I mean, that was my first love and someone who I valued and I cherished and I didn't expect to fall as quick as I did. And yeah, I thought your honesty was really refreshing writing about your sexuality, about your parents divorce, about football, whatever it was like you could just tell you were pretty much laying it out there. One, what was like the hardest thing to write about it? And two, was there anything that you either left out or almost left out? Uh, I appreciate you saying that. But um, I think the whole goal in the book was just to sort of take ownership back of my story. I feel like this last year has been so great and I've been so appreciative of Bachelor franchise for obviously introducing me to Cassie and um, everything that comes along with the business side of things, which is great. But I wanted to take ownership of my story. And that starts with the title, calling it the first time. Um, I know that they've had a lot of control over my virginity and sort of that storyline and felt it was important that I sort of took that back. And I said, hey, yes, that might be the case. But there's a lot that I didn't share with you guys. And there's a lot because I didn't want to give it to a TV show to talk about. I wanted to keep it in my words and I wanted to keep my stories, my stories. So that's what I chose to do. And I think looking back, the hardest part writing was definitely opening up and sort of talking about early on in grade school and even in high school getting called gay. And I think for people, um, because the only reason I say that too is because it came back up when I was a bachelor. Um, I think it was very easy for fans and very easy for people to just, if they don't understand something or if they don't agree with somebody, they have to, in their mind, get from point A to point B. So point B is, oh, he's gay. That's why he's a virgin. He's just hiding it from us. And I understand why people might think that, but it's, it was also a challenge of mine in, in grade school and high school. And I think I moved past it now, but, um, but that was probably a difficult thing to sort of talk about. I give you so much credit for coming, like really becoming so open about that in the book. Like you really don't hold back about like your parents, the conversations you had about that too, because I think a lot of people go through that. I mean, I've had people in my life who just, you know, wait yeah. for a long time to have sex and people assume that or things like that. So was your parents, did your parents know you were going to be kind of talking all about that in the book? 
Um, they had a little bit of a heads up. I, I honestly kept a lot of this to myself and I just wanted, I didn't really want anybody's opinions of what I should share and shouldn't share. I wanted to be completely unfiltered in this. And I gave my parents a heads up about talking about the divorce just because I didn't want to, it's, it's a book about me and my experiences and their divorce did play a pretty big factor into my college years. So I wanted to share that. And I did talk to them about what I was going to share in there and they respected it. And my dad was okay with it. And he's a learning experience for all of us, I think. And they're both happy now and they're both understanding now, you know, how it impacted me. And I think it's made our relationship even better. Do you think there are going to be people that reach out to you when the book comes out? Not that there's anything like that, you know, like you didn't say anything horrible about anyone by any means, but that are going to reach out to you about anything you wrote about them or like their experience. Um, yeah, I actually changed all the names of my high school friends, um, in the book just because I didn't, I didn't really want to include, I didn't want to throw anybody under the bus. I never know how fans or how people that read the book are going to react. And I just wanted to sort of keep them out of harm's way if I can. And so I changed all those names, but for the most part, I left all of the other names the same. Yeah. What about Cassie? Did she have any say of anything she could like be like, don't, don't include that or anything? Or did she want to do that? I honored Cassie's wishes on a few things too. Um, there's just certain things. I'll say this. I'm an open book. I'm probably an overshare and somebody who always says TMI. Like I, I, there are people who think I share too much. Cass is the exact opposite. She likes to keep a lot of things private. And I think that's one thing we're working on in our relationship too, is like, I need to know when I can and can't cross the line. So um, yeah, there was a few things that we sort of both decided was best to keep out of the book um, as far as our relationship, just because some, a lot of our relationship is so public. And at times it did sort of cause for hardship in our relationship because it was so public. So we decided what was best for our relationship at certain points is to hold back a little bit. Totally. I mean, well, we have to ask because the title of the book is obviously a little bit of a play on your virginity and what the whole theme yeah. of the season was. But you talk a lot about the, in the book about like how and you've talked about this a lot after the show that it was so played out, like it was so much a theme in the beginning of the season. Are you hoping that after this book, you can kind of put that conversation behind everybody? Well, I, I mean, I understand by my responses of not really answering the question. It keeps people always wondering. Um, but I, I think that for us, we just want to keep respectful in the, in the facts that we're not going to really be discussing that as far as totally. us. We're both in love and we both are very, very happy with each other. But we like to keep um, whatever happens or doesn't happen behind bedroom doors um, pretty private. I think, I think if and when we have a kid... Um, I, I don't so. know if that's a good answer. <laughs> I mean, honestly, as I was reading it, like, obviously, it's like the sense of curiosity and like we just what we associate with you. And it's insane. But also, it's not like I was waiting for the page and like I wanted the detail. Like, no one needs to know that. So, like, I think no, I know <laughs> I feel I feel like my baby announcement is going to be more of a virginity <laughs> announcement than anything. I mean, the jokes are going to come in. But as long as you can laugh, <laughs> it's all that matters. I guess, I guess. I know. I kept thinking when I was reading that, like, I'm 29 and the last thing I would ever want to talk about is, like, if I'm having sex. So I'm like, oh, I, did you I, like the, I, I put a line in there. I said, nobody talks about your sex life unless you don't have one. And that's what everybody wants to talk about. So it's so fun. It would have been so much easier for me once again in my life just to lie and be like, yo, I've done it and just move on. But that didn't happen, obviously. Well, and you had said in the book that, like, at one point you said, I can count on one hand. So at one point you were, like, a little bit lying. 
But well, I, that's, you can just be holding up. You get nothing. good. You get good and creative when you have to figure out how to get around a question that you really don't like answering or talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I never thought about like how the other guys in the house were really thinking about it, but it was interesting that you did reveal that like Jason and Garrett were the ones who were like talking about it, but you didn't seem mad. But like, what was it like living in that house with all those guys and like no, like trying to like you were like, kind of keeping it a secret, but you also were trying not to. Like, what was that like? Yeah, it was inter- it was interesting for sure. It was it was very locker room vibey, but it was also different types of personalities that I've never had to like mix with before. I mean, I your your Jordan Kimballs, your you know your Garretts and Jasons. I mean, people I hit it off with, but at the same time viewed as like a threat in my relationship. So it's like a weird. It's such a weird dynamic, and I think that's what makes for a good TV. That's true. Um, obviously, I almost forgot about the tea of it all. Until I was reading the book, like it feels like so long ago, but it was such a big—not like such a big deal. I know. Like, it kind of was yeah. at the time. It was. A, it was a whole storyline of paradise. Yeah. I remember that. I like totally forgot. I was like, wow. And then I was thinking, like, and then you called Tia like your biggest confidant now. So, like, did you? You did yeah. she like? Have you talked to her about the book or anything like that? I did. Yeah, I, I sort of spoke with her just because, you know, like I said, I have so much uh, respect for Tia. And I think that that was like the moment when I was writing the book that I like looked over at a rose ceremony. I was like, what am I doing here? Like, no, am I here because of producers? Am I here because uh, they're telling me I'm going to become the next bachelor if I finish this story? Like, what are my reasons? And are they good enough to break this girl's heart? And and that's why I was like, I have to get out of here. I don't want to feel dirty. Um, I like Tia. And she was like, I put in there, she was my first text, my first call when I got back to the States, just making sure she was okay. I also love how honest you were about like, I want to be the bachelor. Like, I want to be the damn bachelor. I was like, I, finally, someone said it. Like, you weren't like, oh, it's such a surprise. Like, you were kind of like, had your sights set on it. I was like, it wasn't like, I mean, people, if they want to call it schemy, if they want to call it whatever, but if, if you're going to get through enough trouble of having your life exposed and having people do this and do that. I want to make sure it's worth it in the end. I mean, I want to make sure like I'm going to come on and do this show. I don't want to just halfway do it. I want to like anything else in my life. I want to prepare fully and I want to like make sure I want it. And I think the more it became a competition, the more amped I got, as you could tell, I was writing it. Like I was in a group chat with Blake and Jason and it was game on. I was like, okay guys, like may the best man win. I mean, that's essentially (laughs) what happened. I find that so funny because I remember when we were, I was at an event for TCA's a couple years ago, right before The Bachelor was announced. And you were wearing this jacket with the heart, with the heart patch on your sleeve. And yeah. I was like, he is, he is going for this bachelor. And like he, as he should be, cause you were, I mean, in my opinion was the like top runner, but it was so funny to me because so many other ones are like, Oh, if it happens, it happens. And it was like, no, you want this to happen. You want to find love. And you clearly believe that the show works. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like I saw the positivity that can come from it. And I, I ended up, look, I mean, I look back now and it's like, I'm happily in love with a relationship that I cherish. Um, and I got from the franchise and from the show, so I can't thank them enough. And I mean, it's, here's my whole thing. I realized this and after time of reflection, it's an entertainment business and it's an entertainment business, but it's blended with your personal life. So it's a little tricky, but who can fault me for, you know, moving on and taking the next gig or the next offer that I had in that world. I mean, I think people, don't want, I think there's so many people right now that are just, that hide the fact that this is TV and it's entertainment. I got paid to be the bachelor. I hopefully did a good job with it, but that doesn't take a, that doesn't take away from the fact that my relationship is very real and I love Cass and I got that from the show too. So it's Mm -hmm. like a, it's a fine balance, you know? 
sure. you were like really pretty nice to the not that I expected you to be mean, but like to the producers <laughs> and stuff in the book. I, I kind was, of was hoping for I like was still some... under con- I was still under contract <laughs> when I wrote it. <laughs> I knew it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not gonna ever sit here and completely bash them. My frustrations come in with the fact that if I realize like this is a entertainment business and it's a business and you don't take things personally, but I'm still going to maintain a professional relationship with you. I just asked for that in return. I think when the line started getting crossed and I got told to be a good little boy and keep my mouth shut, like that's when I was like, you don't get to say that. And like, you don't get to still act like you have this control and this power over me. Yes. I have a contract with you. Yes. I have an NDA. Yes. I'm going to abide by that, but please don't demean me. Please don't threaten me. Please don't make these statements saying you made me when this is America and you're only as good as your last job. And if that's was the bachelor for me, that was a bachelor for me. And I felt like I did a good enough job to keep moving forward. So like that, that's where my frustration came in with the franchise. I'll never bite the hand that feeds me. I appreciate them. I'm thankful for them, but that's my little rant. I I mean, that's good because, and I also think you say in it that when you found out that, you know, they, your one of the producers called Cassie's dad to come out and kind of you felt like oh this is pushing yeah. us to break up like they want us to break up I think it's so nice that you revealed that because as people in the industry we understand that that's how the show works but some people don't some people don't understand how the kind of ins and outs work yeah I, and I think that was important too for me to really share with people is like I one of my goals of the show is to break the fourth wall and I don't think production really liked that I was on board with that but nobody wants to feel tricked nowadays. And I, and I think that was my growing frustration as I was, you know, watching or not really watching, but hearing about Peter season and seeing those, the recaps on Twitter and they wouldn't let me write about it. They wouldn't let me talk about his season because I knew I'd keep it too real. Um, they knew yeah. that I knew too much of what was going on. I mean, Victoria doesn't show up with Chase Rice singing as her ex <laughs> on accident. The whole Victoria situation, I feel bad for that poor lady. And I feel frustrated for Peter just because there was so much confusion going on. And I feel like that's the producer's job is to sort of help guide the lead, guide the person. I felt like they hung him out to dry in so many different ways and set him up for failure. So that mm-hmm. that's more so where my frustration was with them. Peter needed a fence to jump over to make a point. A hundred percent. Which I love that behind the scenes too. You were like, we're in the forest. I can hear Chris Harrison's phone. It's morning. I was like, wow, I'm I'm back. I'm back there. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that? There's a meme going around right now that's like, remember a year ago when all we were worried about is why Colton jumped the fence? And like now I've been been tagged in it. I'm sure, especially nowadays, given our circumstances, a lot of people would like to be jumping a fence right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the thing you revealed on your season, which this was kind of out there, but not like really talked about, was the Hannah B showing up on the hometown. I was so glad that it finally got out there. It's gonna get out. Yeah, there. I know. I think there was rumors that it, it was out there, and I was like, I one of those things I awkwardly really couldn't talk about. But yeah, I remember her showing up and being like, "This is my hometown." I'm like, uh, no, this is Hannah's G's hometown. What are you doing here? But then once again, like one of those things, I was like. Hannah B doesn't just show up on set. Like, obviously you're here. Let's have this conversation and let's talk it out. So that's what we did. Totally. Um, I think she was just frustrated too. So it was good for us to have another conversation. 
Absolutely. You talk about in the book, and I know you kind of have talked about this already in an interview, that you and Cassie had a brief breakup, like, for 24 hours, which I, I, anyone in a relationship has been through that. So I think it's like, yeah. it happens. Um, were you, obviously, you know that people are going to ask about that and people are going to, you know, speculate. And I, you talk about in the book, too, that even on social media, like, the minute you guys post separate, people are like, oh, they, they broke up, like something happened. Yeah. Were you guys, like, not sure you wanted? Was that something you were hesitant to put in the book? Um, I think we, yeah, we, we obviously had a conversation whether that was going to be mentioned in the book. And at first we weren't going to put it in just because of one, it was so brief. And then two, we didn't really want people just speculating again and rumors to go around again. But I also thought it was important to share and shed light that, you know, real things led to that moment and our sort of our trust in our circle was violated about information getting out that we didn't know how it got out and how it became public. But I think that's in itself a battle for our relationship, like a battle within our relationship is how are we dealing with it being so public right now? And I thought it was important to share just because it shows that we are st we're still real people with real emotions in this relationship. And we're trying to figure out um, what to do with everybody else sort of always in our business. Um, the one other question I had about filming the show, and I don't know if you can tell me this, but do producers get to pick who gets the one-on-ones? Because you kept being like, I want to, I was hoping to see this person, but I saw this person. Like, did you have any say? Um, no, I didn't really have a lot. Um, I thought the lead would get to be like, I want to see these people. Like, I had, I had, I had a, I had a choice of like options. I don't know if I would ever say I fully had control because I, you don't ever really fully have control. Being like, mm, it would be nice to have this person, but here's here's what I will combat that way is at times that's okay because keep in mind these producers know these girls way better than you do and they know when the timing will be right like if i had a one-on-one -on -one with cassie week one she might not have been able to open up as much as she did with me in thailand or felt comfortable saying what she said off mic um in thailand that sort of did it for me that turned me on when she said that you know like that that like that might've never happened and I might not have fallen in love. So I have to trust these producers. And I say that in there too. Um, or I said it on my social media when I said that the other day, I was like, it's a give and take. You have to trust them, but then also you have to sort of be wary of what's, what's going on. I think it's interesting that you had said that that moment was like very, and a very important moment for you because you brought up that quote multiple times in the book yeah. too. So it seems like yep. that really is like a turning point for you guys and your relationship. It was, and it allowed me to sort of think, how do I not know by now? Am I supposed to know by now? Like, but I, not only that, but I applied that to every aspect in everything in my life. Like, how do I know I'm straight? How do I know that I want to be a football player? How do I know that I'm, you know, I need to be this masculine or how do I know like this and this? And it really allowed me to like really figure out what's going on with myself. And I think it's a great question that everybody should sort of ask themselves is how do I not know by now? And it's okay not to know by now. It's not, it's okay not to have everything figured out. I would hope if I was on the show that I would be a girl who was like badass enough to be like, yeah, like what the hell dude? Like, you can't say it on the show. Like we're in the ocean, like give me a wink or like, let me know if I should just be like planning my next move. It was so nice that like uh, I said, like that was a turn on when she said that I was like, nice. We have somebody that's not like all another rebel with like, like me. I was like, I, I consider myself a little rebellious. So like when she did that, I was like, oh, here we go. Game on. I kind of feel like you've set the stage for future Bachelor and Bachelorettes because after you, it was like, you know, Becca was a badass, obviously. But then, like, after yours, it was like Hannah B did, you know, broke all the rules, too. And Peter tried to, unfortunately. Peter's still with Dallas, Dallas. Even right now. 
Yeah, <laughs> seriously. So Peter's I mean, just going through his list. I'm like, I'm like, Peter, get inside. You know what? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Social distancing, bro. Um, but yeah, I think that it, in a way you kind of have set the bar for a new kind of generation of bachelors being able to do kind of follow your heart more than in the past. Yeah. And I think or I think I, I hope that it also allows, you know, the producers and everybody to see, too, that there is no formula. There is no right or wrong way. And I'm, I'm hoping with Claire, you don't have to manipulate and try to control a situation for a 38 year old yeah. that's hopefully knows what she wants and what she's looking for. And, um, I think that going back, um, in her direction as far as, and I'm, I'm not saying this, that she's old, but like, she's obviously casted a lot older than what I was when I was a bachelor at 26. So I think that, um, if there's a time to sort of get back to the basis of finding love instead of trying to get a dude laid or trying to have, you know, push whatever agenda they were trying to push with Hannah and Peter. I think that's important. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. And I hope they get to film it. I am a little worried though, that these names are out there and they're probably all DMing each other, like as we speak, but. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, all well, like, oh, I, I don't know all the guys. I, so I, I bet they're going to recast. I bet they'll recast. It's yeah, too, at least it's too important them. for them. It's too important. Yeah. They'll recast some of them. So we'll see. Or what they might do is just be like, yo, you're not on. And then two weeks later, be like, or two weeks before the show, be like, actually just kidding. You're on. So come on, you know, they'll, I mean, I they'll do watch- something to figure it out. Yeah. I hope they cast older guys. I'm looking for like fifties. <laughs> so like, I want to see, because she's 38. Let's be honest. Like you, yeah. I, that's not out of the realm. No, it's, I said, Ooh, cause I sort of like that. It's good. It's uh, a, <laughs> oh, I want to see like Blake and like an older man in paradise fighting over the same girl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just, you know, it's so funny as my mind went to like, I wonder what 50, 55 and 60 year olds would sponsor on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my mind went. I was like, they can get away away with a bunch of like Ben Gay and Icy Hot. Like Mm -hmm. they could get away with some different types of brands. I like it. Yeah. My mom has an Instagram and it is a journey. So I can only imagine what her age would be posting. I love it. Um, Before I let you go, I did want to ask about Cassie's family and your relationship because you wrote in the book, you know, it was a little hard at first with the season airing and watching with all of them. How did you guys get to the point where you are now where you can be quarantined on their third floor and they're like a second family to you? Um, It took a long time. And, you know, we're obviously still working on our relationship, too. And I think that um, it's just time and building trust and um, letting them see me for who I am, not for, um, a celebrity or the clout that I have or the pull that I have or who I know and who I was hanging out with on the weekend. That's what I love about the Randolphs is they just want to know who Colton is and who's going to be taking care of their daughter and who's going to be supporting her when she's, you know, in school right now. And when she's going to be opening up her clinic and, Am I going to be there for her holding her hand as she, you know, she takes these next steps in her life. And I've just been so grateful for them as a family too, to obviously nurse me back to health and be there for me and to open up their home to me. So, um, I can't thank them enough. I was going to say, that's a big commitment to have someone there when you're, they're sick too. Like that's cool. Yeah. That means that's love. <laughs> I know. I definitely love. <laughs> I, I know you hate this question and it's the question we have to ask all the time, the timeline of it all. I believe I saw in an article you did recently, you were like, Cassie would have me like not still be talking about the ring and stuff, but that's something you're saying. It's still like on your mind and you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely, it's definitely still a conversation. We have decided we're not moving in together until we're married. So 
um, we have something to look forward to in that step. And then, I mean, obviously she's going to get through school. I think that's sort of, if you want a timeline, like that's, we're going to get through school. We're going to see, um, how all that shakes out. She still has her internship and some time to put into that. And it takes a lot of work for her to do that. And it takes a lot of her energy and focus. And I can't imagine having to plan for a wedding and we still don't want a long engagement. So we want to make sure that timing wise, it's all right. Maybe you guys can finally be the answer to rebooting newlyweds, Nick and Jessica, because they didn't <laughs> live together before they got married. And that's why that show was so good because you know what? We're up, we're up for it. So, um, <laughs> you, so you would do reality TV again? Cause it seems like you were kind of, you know, after this book, you, you kind of were annoyed. So it's like, you want to kind of have this freedom. Would you eventually do it again though? Uh, we would, we both actually, we've actually both talked about that and, um, we, uh, we're very hopeful that something might happen. We don't know, but, um, we're definitely on board with it. I understand the risks involved in things, but I think that we both like and enjoy being on camera. I, I don't like, I don't see anything wrong with saying that. I mean, we both sort of valued our time and we had so much fun doing it and we figured why not? We like sort of opening up and sharing when we can and when we feel like it's impro- appropriate. So we wouldn't mind it. It's awesome. Oh. And did you have anything yeah. else? Um, no, I think it's awesome. I did want to tell you, I do think it's awesome that you guys don't have a timeline and that you're kind of just playing it by ear. Like I, I've been in a relationship six years and I don't, I'm not engaged and I, it's, who cares? Like we're fine. Right. So right. I think it's, I, it's just I the really stage that you're at in life and, yeah. um, all it changes is a ring on the finger and a roof over the head. So that's it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're I'm still waiting, person. waiting for the boyfriend. I'm sure he's, you know, waiting for me <laughs> too. It's fine. Um, it's all meant to be. Just this is one more day closer that you, it's bringing oh. you guys together. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Listen, I hope you feel better. I'm I'm so happy thank that you, you did you. this. I really, I'm shocked that you are like the way that you look. You look so healthy and fine. So I am shocked that you look Thanks. so great. You wouldn't have said that on Saturday and Sunday as I was laying well, on my desk. I watched Cassie's long Instagram, like 13 minute long video. I watched the whole thing. And there was definitely she like snuck up a few times when you were asleep, and I was like, "Oh my god, poor dude, he is white." It was like one of those. It was one of those sleep with the covers over your head. I never do that. Like I normally have to be able to breathe, but I was like that that bad that I was just like, "Hide me from the rest of the world right now, please." Oh my <laughs> goodness! Well, so, well thank you so much. everywhere. Yes. yes. Amazon. Yes. If you, when you can go to a bookstore, go see it. But for now, let's go online. I was yeah, I was gonna say yeah. We'll wait for right now. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be cool, though, because then in a few months or whenever you're allowed to go outside, you'll be able to see the book in the store. Yeah, yeah. yeah right, and maybe gonna... read it to somebody when I don't have coronavirus. <laughs> I mean, the timing is just wild. Right, uh, right. Thank you again to Colton and Emily. That was so fun, right? I loved talking to him. And as always, I love talking to you. I'm sure we're going to FaceTime later today. (laughs) Oh my God, of course. Um, I hope everyone picks up the first time. It's available everywhere. As Colton said, you know, don't don't go outside, but it's on Amazon. It's on (laughs) barnesandnoble.com, all the good stuff. And thank you for listening to this show. Be sure to leave a five-star review on iTunes, listen on Spotify, all that good stuff. And we will talk to you next week. Tweet me at Sarah Heron. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.